Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jacob Albright, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in, everybody. Happy Friday to you. TGIF here on Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing. Glad to be here with you, getting you ready for a football weekend, getting you ready for a night of college basketball and a, a night of high school football entering the third round of the playoffs. A lot going on here in our part of the world this time of year, and we're excited to be here with you. Uh, lots of fun stuff coming today on the program. You can call us on the IHOP hotline, which, of course, is brought to you by IHOP. This Veterans Day, IHOP welcoming veterans and active-duty military free red, white, and blueberry pancakes to thank them for their service. That's on November 11th. On that IHOP hotline, we'll give away some movie tickets uh, to the Hunger Games, a sneak peek of that next Thursday, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. That's Thursday night at Boulevard Theaters in Town West Square. We'll give away some HTO iced tea and coffee today, and we'll get you ready for the weekend. We've got Wyatt Thompson joining us in our next segment here, the voice of the Wildcats, to preview football, to preview basketball tonight as well for K-State playing game number two, as is KU. Paul Savage will be in in hour number two to make some picks with us. Uh, we'll go through the standings there. Everybody's you know, either doing well or getting hot in our picks, so we'll go over all that for you as well. Uh, Tommy, I mentioned those movie tickets. I'm about halfway through that book, uh, and it's really, really good. If you, when I, do you I have think, time to read books? Like I wonder that. Like night. I've got kids like you do. I so, have no time night. to sit down and read a book. That's it, at night. Like I, that, that, that's so for like... I don't know, an hour at the end of each night. I've been trying to power through that thing because it's a library book, so it's got to go back. So you right. kind of have to. But, in, you know, I, I'll tell you that, you know, uh, rather than watch the end of the Thursday night football game last night, I dug into a book. Uh, so <laughs> that, they, that Probably a better anything. choice. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a close game. You know, I, I got nothing for it, though. I was locked into the Shockers, though, Tommy, in game number two, and I think that's probably the place to start last night. That was a really interesting game against Western Kentucky. Yeah, it was. But thank, thanks for the lead-in on that. Um, no, it was a very interesting game. Um, they didn't look great in the first half. Uh, it really took, 
like the very end of the first half for the Shockers to kind of get Did back into it. Did they ever look great in it? That's that's sort of my takeaway. Like they I'm made not a sure run, they... I mean, they made a run. They made a run in the second half, you know, to get back into the lead. They turned the ball over way too much. That was, you know, an yeah. issue that, you know, I think they didn't really deal with in game number one against Lipscomb, but the turnover bug hit them last night against Western Kentucky. But they made up for it in rebounding. We talked about it yesterday on the show. If this team can rebound well, then they're going to be okay. And, and I think that I mean, was they a large were... part of it. They were out-rebounded last night, and Western Kentucky had 22 offensive boards. So, I mean, Western Kentucky took a whole lot of shots and didn't hit very many of them. Right. Western Kentucky in the game, Tommy, took 81 shots. 81 to Wichita State's 54. And Wichita State, so think, file that away. They turned the ball over 19 times to Western Kentucky's seven. They were out-rebounded in the game, and they won. And I'm having a hard yeah. time with what I take away from that. I don't know. Because in a lot of ways, they were outplayed, right? But they but they won, and they won. You know, they covered the number. They won by a decent margin, 71-61, all these things. That's pretty crazy. They didn't shoot free throws well. They only shot 57% from free throw, which is also not a good thing. Like, so many things went poorly. Western Kentucky, the glaring thing for them— course oh for 21 right uh you know that's that's the big one for western kentucky so as i sit here and i look at this game i was as as i'm watching making the same thing like man how are they up you know at the you know late in the game seven eight nine ten points they're they're being like and it wasn't i don't don't misunderstand i'm not saying they were like out hustled or out you know effort it wasn't any of that both teams brought it like the energy level in that game was intense and high uh, and and good, like it was a really fun game to watch, but like with so many things, like I cannot figure out as I'm watching it how they're still leading because Western Kentucky was doing so many things. I mean, better. Yeah, I think that one of the things to keep in mind also is that Colby Rogers got into foul trouble uh, in the yep. second half. That was another you know negative, and so I think you know tip your cap a little bit to Paul Mills for being able to sure. kind of withstand. Uh, everything that was going against the Shockers in the game last night. Uh, you mentioned the, the rebounds, and I know that Western Kentucky out-rebounded them and got a lot of offensive rebounds. The Shockers, I felt like, and, and maybe more like specifically guys like Dalen Reginald, rebounded the ball really, really well. And I love, I'm going to be positive here for a second, and I know there were some negatives last night, but I love the combination of Isaac Abide and Dalen Reginald off the bench. I like the energy that both of them too. give off the bench. Uh, I think that they provide a spark when the team needs a spark the most. Um, I like that formula of having those two guys coming off the bench and just with the motors that they have, you know, being able to, you know, come in and, and change things up for the team whenever they enter into a game. So I do like that quite a bit. But yeah, I mean, you know, Colby Rogers in foul trouble, the turnover bug bit them. And you mentioned the 0 for 21 three point shooting from Western Kentucky. That's not going to happen normally, right? Like that, I, I don't know the last time that a team. Uh, went over against the Shockers shooting threes. And, you know, I, I think that there were a couple of scenarios where they defended the three really well. And I think there were a, a few scenarios sure. where Western Kentucky just didn't make their shots. You know, so it's kind of a mixed bag altogether. But again, a tip of the cap to Paul Mills for weathering that storm and not only getting them back into the game because they were down for a good part of the first half. Coming back in, taking the lead, never giving it back up. And then, of course, covering the number. I absolutely love that they won the game. 
I love that they overcame all of those things. I think those are things that they will absolutely be able to use early in this season. There's no question. They did play poorly, and they still won. And I think there's value in that if you take the proper things away from it, right? Right. I, I love look Xavier Bell's assertiveness is so awesome to see. Like like you have this. It's almost like, and I want to say it this way, and maybe I'm so proud of him, right? Because we watched him as a high schooler, and we watched him, he came back, and then, you know, it seemed like he was just a little behind the game at this level, and then this year, not at all. Like, he is taking control. Getting to the line 10 times is a big reason why the Shockers won that game. You know, when they needed buckets, he was getting to the free throw line. He and others, but he was making his. And, you know, that is really interesting to see his development this year. Uh, Harlan Beverly is a wild man, continues to be a wild man. They brought yeah. it up on the broadcast. Like He is in some capacity on like every single play. Four steals, a block, three assists, and six turnovers. Like He's in on everything in one way or the other. And, and I do think that he'll get under control a little bit. I, I think probably right now there is a little pressure because he and everybody knows like we got to have – we're thin at guard. Right. Like that, that's yeah. just going to be the way it is. And so I do think there's some of that playing in. But I, I still like I think when you go through again, like all the things we just listed off. Right. The Shockers didn't shoot it well from three. They really didn't shoot it well from the free throw line. They were out rebounded. They turned it over almost 20 times, like all of these things. And they won by 10. And I'm just like, what what does that mean? Right. Does it mean they have a lot of mistakes to clean up and you need to see that happen? Of course it does. Does it mean they have the DNA to overcome that stuff? It would appear that they do, at least at first opportunity, which is a great thing, I think, early in a year to see. But I, I it's a, it's an interesting game to look at and try to like gauge what we feel about it because you love that they won and overcame it, but you don't love that they played poorly. I guess the biggest thing we'll see, and it's against friends this weekend, so it's not totally fair. To, to take an assessment from that game. But I guess we see the next time they play how they respond to it, and that's like the next thing to see for Wichita State and Paul Mills early in his career. Yeah, I mentioned it after the, the opening night game against Lipscomb about how this team plays with so much energy and intensity and all of that, and that's great. You do run the risk of guys like Harlan Beverly playing out of control, right? When yeah. you play with so much pace and tempo that you, you have to kind of keep that contained a little bit. Like there's a, there's a fine line between playing with tempo and playing out of control. And so as the season goes on, I think they'll get that under control a little bit more. The other thing to mention that we didn't even talk about, Kenny Poto had a double-double last night, right? 16 points, 11 rebounds. He was great. He was great. And, you know, so you mentioned Xavier Bell's assertiveness and him getting to the line was a big reason they won. Kenny Poto's double-double was also another major reason that they were able to overcome all of those issues. His leadership this year is tangible, and that's awesome to see. Look, I love the only thing that really like bothers me that makes me like annoyed is that they were out rebounded. That's it. Everything else, it's just you're sort of observing it and watching it early in the season. I don't want to see them get out rebounded by Western Kentucky. That that that's something that we don't need to see from that team because that's going to have to be a strength for Wichita State. So we'll see. Uh, but we can get more into that maybe a little bit later coming up next. Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats, joins us on Sports Daily. Well, there's a lot to get to in Manhattan, and we'll do it next. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. 
your new radio home for K-State Athletics, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on Kansas State. Let's go now to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. All right, and welcome in, everybody. Back to Sports Daily here. Looking forward to a weekly visit now with Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats. Wyatt, that was, uh, let's just get it out of the way. That was on the short list of one of the tougher losses we've seen in the Chris Kleiman era against Texas on Saturday. Without a doubt. Um, and I think for a lot of reasons. You know, they didn't start very well. That's an understatement, to say the least. Had only 34 yards, really, uh, towards the very, very end of the first half. Um, and not a real big part of the game, honestly, um, down 17 to nothing and then later 27 to 7. But somehow showing the fight and, and getting back in it with, uh, you know, some improving defense and, and quite a bit of pass game with Will Howard throwing for 327 yards and four touchdowns. But at the end of the day, um, I, I think a couple of things, honestly, the missed extra point with the botched extra point, whatever you want to call it, with the miscommunication where you go could go up 28-27 and don't, I thought gave Texas a little bit of life, and they went right back down and scored. And then, as you know, they, they had a first and goal at the six in the overtime down three and couldn't punch it in, including on fourth and four. I know the fourth down play and the call was has been heavily scrutinized, and I understand it, but uh, I think Coach Kleiman would tell you that uh, he'd do it again, probably run the same play. Um <laughs> And, I, you know, you just you just don't get it done when you absolutely have to right there at the very end. And I think that's what hurts because you fought so, so hard to get back in the game. Yeah, I'm with you, Wyatt. I didn't have an issue with the decision uh, for them to go for it on fourth down and overtime. And I know I, I've talked to different people who have said, well, you know, Malik Murphy was not playing well in the second half. Uh, Texas wasn't really sure. able to do a whole lot offensively. And so, you know, kick the field goal, tie it, and then let your defense go do, you know, what they've done throughout the entire second half and, and into overtime. That being said, though, I, I like the aggressiveness and just the decisiveness to go for it. And I know that you mentioned that, you know, Coach Kleiman probably would do it again and probably do the same play call again. Did you have an issue with the play that they ran or just the entire sequence of events? If they knew they had four downs to get into the, the end zone, did you have an issue with the way that they went about that? Well, maybe to a degree. I, I can't argue at all with the fourth down play after it was explained to me by the coaches who know a lot more than I do about what happened. Uh, Colin makes the play call. Um, Coach Kleiman told me that he checked with Colin to make sure, are you good with this? We can, we do have a timeout left, whatever. He said, no, I like it. The issue, frankly, was a couple of things. One, uh, Texas comes out in a, in a uh, look that uh, they switched right before the snap, and that covered up Ben Sennett, and he wasn't really close enough or anywhere near the goal line where they needed to be. So there is that. I, I would say... You know, in that particular series, you, you could probably scrutinize all of the play calls because common sense would say more times than not, even against that group, you, with four plays from six yards, you probably should get in there, right? I mean, that, that's probably the frustration of the fans, yeah. too, I would think. Yeah, it, look, it, it was all it's all relative. It, you know, if the play goes through and Texas doesn't get that kind of pressure, it looks like the smartest thing in the world. It, it's you know, oh, second sure. guessing that stuff seems like semantics. I, I wonder though, Wyatt, before we you know turn the page and look ahead, you know, 
Chris Kleiman mentioned earlier in the week and really admitted that this one was going to be tougher to move on from than most. We saw a little bit of rare, like, inside emotion from Ben Sennett after the game, and I'm sure you've seen, you know, that and him feeling like he needed to defend Will Howard. Do you sense any bleed through into that locker room from the way that the quarterback situation has been under a microscope all year, or do you think that, you know, now by Friday, a day before the next one, that they've been able to put it behind them? Well, in all honesty, there may be a little of both there. You know, I think you touched on something that's hugely important. I think the absolute number one goal of this team was to get back to Arlington and win a championship for a second straight year that's never been done in the history of Kansas State football. That was all they talked about all through the spring, the summer, into the camp, and into the regular season. And that game, and again, we still have three weeks left. I suppose mathematically you're still involved in it but reality wise where you lose a tiebreaker to now texas and oklahoma state and they're at the top of the league it does not look very good so there's frustration with that there's frustration with again like we said battling back and having an opportunity to beat a really good team a top 10 team on the road which hey let's 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 cut to the chase here and be honest most teams don't win top 10 games on the road they don't they do occasionally but it isn't it isn't something that happens weekly right so there was that. And then the Ben Senate thing, I, I didn't make too much of it. I saw the video and what have you. But I, what you probably need to know is those guys are really good friends and they're roommates and all of those kind of things. And I think Ben uh, just probably was a little bit tired of all the chirping. Um, and I don't think he necessarily meant anything uh, harm-wise to Avery or anybody else. It's just you know frustration with the loss more than anything else, from my perspective anyway. You know, why when we're looking at the the way that the quarterback situation has gone this season, when you've got Avery Johnson kind of pushing Will Howard and you know that he's the future and he's got all this talent and then what Will Howard has done in persevering and overcoming throughout the course of his career, I think that, you know, publicly um, just the, the fan base in general, there's always going to be conversation about different things and, you know, all of that, but I wonder, and I, I brought this up a couple times earlier this week on, on this show, about when the team is winning, the two-quarterback system seems great. If the team loses, it sort of opens the door to what-ifs and just people saying, well, what if Avery had been in there during that time? Or what if Will had done that? Right. Or, you know, whatever. Do you think that there's anything at all that anybody inside the program, whether it's Chris Kleiman or Colin Klein or anybody could have done differently to maybe mitigate that? Or is that just something that is going to come along with when you've got two talented quarterbacks on the roster? Well, I, I would lean towards the latter. Uh, I think what everybody probably should hear me say here is that I, I think it's a no brainer to say that Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein love both of those kids. Right. I mean, that that's kind of an obvious statement. And I think the biggest thing for those guys right now is that based on what Will has been and is and continues to be, um, I feel like they think that because of his experience and his abilities to, you know, check at the line of scrimmage and all of those kind of things, he's the better option right now. Not everybody's going to agree with that. And I, I get that. I think they get that. And I think in the same breath, they love uh, – who wouldn't love Avery's ability and, and what he's done? 
Um, you can argue all day long whether he's gotten enough of the, you know, uh, playing time share or whatever. But his day is coming. I, I, and I know it's hard to be patient when you're that good and, and so on and so forth. And, and the fans, hey, I'm just being honest. They, they love the kid and who wouldn't? Uh, and and more more times than not, if you don't win, who's the most favorite team player on the team? The number two quarterback. It's just kind of what it is. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to it. it. It's it's maybe a little different than it has been in the past because I think Will Howard's really really good, and Avery Johnson's really really good with a chance to be you know really really great. Totally. I guess the only you know yes. the only concern maybe that you have at this point, and I don't. I don't buy into this because I think there's always a chance Avery never played this year. Is Avery okay with these games where he's not used very, you know, very little to none at all. And, you know, and and we don't know that because we don't hear from him as a freshman. Right. Yeah. And it's a fair question. I I, I would, you know, let's be honest about this. I, I think there probably is some frustration to a degree. And yet I think he's really trying to be a team guy. I think he is a team guy. Um, I I can't speak for his mom and dad or, you know, his family or whatever with their frustration. But uh, I I do think that he probably kind of understands the situation that he is in. Hey, he, he knows as well as anybody what he brings to the table. Right. I mean, yeah, that's obvious. And, so there's going to be some – when you're a competitor, man, you want to be out there, whether you're in his situation or whether you're, you know, somebody that has been nicked up and can't go for a week. That, that really is frustrating for those guys. I've, I've seen it in their face. And it's just um, it's just a difficult situation because they're both good guys. They're both, at least from my perspective, all about winning games. But yet there is the competition factor, too, and that, that's always going to be there. And it should be there. That, that's what you want. Wyatt, you mentioned the, uh, the botched extra point in the, the game against Texas. You combine that with uh, the missed field goal late in the game. Do you have any ongoing yep. concerns with the way that um, you know, the kicking game or special teams in general um, performed last week and, and what things may look like in the future? Well, that's another good question, I think, because um, I think you always are concerned when you miss, you know, pretty much what most people would describe as a, a chip shot field goal. But there, there's a lot to it. Um, and I guess what I appreciated the most is twofold. One, Coach Kleiman still having, you know, just moments later after a really nice defensive stop, no, no issues at all with sending Chris back out there. Um, and then Chris, you know, having the intestinal fortitude to bang that 45 yarder through there after, yeah. you know, just a horrible effort on the, <laughs> on, on the 25 yarder um, or 27, whatever it was. Um, so, but, but I don't necessarily, I think I would say this coach Kleiman is one of those guys that, you know, he is going to trust in his guy. And I think he knows to his core how talented Chris is. Would he rather that he be a little more consistent like what we saw with Ty Zentner last year? Absolutely, of course. But that's not exactly how this has played out. But you got to go with, with what you believe is your best guy. Um, and, and, you know, I, I would tell you that I, I think 
you know, the, the block punt as an example was a great play last week. But if I tell you 100% straight up, I'd like to be getting more out of the return games, you know. Um, I, I thought they were solid enough last week in special teams minus the, uh, the missed field goal and what have you. But, hey, to beat a team like that, and I'll repeat this, to beat a top-10 team on the road that, that, that's that talented, that big, and that athletic, you can't make mistakes, and they made a few. All right, Wyatt, before we switch to basketball, let's talk Baylor for a second. Three touchdown favorites K-State is against Baylor. It's sort of a hard game to think about with what looms next week and with what happened last week, but you do still have to play it, right? What do you think about the Baylor game this weekend? Well, it is one that you would probably concern yourself with, certainly based on the stuff that we talked about with the Texas loss, that it it was just such a gut punch of a loss because you had a chance to win it in the end and and didn't get it done. And then you've got the game lurking next week that, that really everybody is talking about. Baylor has struggled. They're three and six. Um, They haven't really run the ball very well. They have not been as good defensively as they hope to be, you know, they're beat up a little bit in the receiver core. Um, I understand that one of their receivers is not going to play uh, in the game because of injury. Uh, so, you know, it kind of just depends on what side of the fence you're on there because I think you could look at it like with the emotion of last week and next week that this one is a little bit of a letdown. But one thing that uh, a coach has said to me a couple of different times since, uh, I guess I'll say Wednesday noonish. Um, is that he really has liked how the guys, he saw the hurt, but he also saw the, saw the guys come right back on Tuesday and Wednesday and have really good practices. And I think he was proud of that. And I think he feels like they want to, you know, uh, win out here and, and still have a very successful season. And I think that's what they're, what they're looking at. Wyatt, let's talk basketball a little bit. Probably the marquee matchup uh, in the country on Monday, the opening night uh, of college basketball as the Wildcats took on USC. You know, I, I, I watched and listened to what Jerome Tang had to say after the, the game, the, the loss to USC. And, you know, he talked about how he didn't feel like the Wildcats took bad shots. It was just that those shots weren't really going in for Kansas State. It, it did look like they were a little overmatched in their first, uh, you know, big game. And, of course, you know, taking on a top 25 team in Andy Enfield's USC. Uh, what were your big yeah. takeaways from the Wildcats in their opening night game? Well, you can't get away from the fact that, A, you lost the game, and, B, you shot 25% in the first half, and, B, you shot 31% for the game, and, D, you gave up 50 paint points. <laughs> Those are yeah. all negatives, right? I mean, it's just, it's just, let's be honest and cut to the chase on that one. But with that said, um, for the most part, I think the coaches, and, and me too, I, I like the way the guys started the game. I thought they had a lot of energy and passion. Um, and, and we're doing a lot of good things. They really, really did a good job on the glass. And trust me when I tell you, that was the biggest concern, I think, for the K-State coaches, that you've got to get on the glass and, and get some buckets in transition and th- those kind of things. And I think they did some of that. It, the game can be really hard, and you know this, when you're, when you're playing hard, but you're not making shots. And I think there were a couple of little segments there where that showed and maybe they didn't have the necessary pop, I'll say, um, 
a send off an 11 to four run or something like that when you cut it to 40 to 36. I, I think at the end of the day, what I would say is, is I think Coach Tang would play the game again because it was a real measuring stick of kind of where the, the guys are at right now, how much growth needs to be had. And yet everything he said that didn't go K-State's way for the most part is, is correctable. And I, I will not necessarily mean making shots, but some of the other things. So, you know, you take the, you try to take um, the, the lessons of what you didn't do well um, and, and, and apply that to get better. But yet you can't let that one, you know, drag you down too much because, and he said this right after the game, USC's pretty good. And I think they have as good a backcourt as most. So I guess you have to keep it into perspective. And that's without Bronny James, too, who's just going to add to them, we hope, at some point that he gets well, healthy. Well, and the Eva Wyatt... kids also tough, too. I mean, they, they've got two top 50 national, yeah. or top 30, really, national kids that I'm with play. you. Yeah. That's a two or a three. That's a two or a three seed when the tournament rolls around, if not higher. I'm with you. I, I thought they were really good. So my only question, though, coming out of it is, and, and Jerome Tang said that he he didn't think they took bad shots. So when Tyler Perry's, he we know he's going to. It, well, we think he's going to lead the way scoring. But when he's not <laughs> yeah. on, like he wasn't in the first half, ultimately when K State hits its groove this season, who do you think will be that secondary option? Well, I think you have several options, and that's <clears throat> excuse me that that's probably a good thing. You know, here's what I would say, and I think this is becoming pretty obvious right out of the gate for this season. K-State was very blessed last year to have two All-Americans, two pros, two first-team All-Big 12 guys kind of thing with uh, Keith and Keontae. This team is going to have to be more of everybody does their part. Does that make sense? Because I think it could be Tyler Perry one night. I think it could be Arthur Kaluma one night. I think it could be David Gasson one night, Cam Carter one night. Uh, those types, and Naquan, if, he, if he's back soon, I mean, who knows? Uh, certainly having Quan back would, would help. I mean, you know that. I mean, he's he was a almost 11.6 rebound a game guy last year, and he's just gotten better and better. So I think there are options, but I have to be honest and say I, the, the explosiveness that and the leadership that, that Marquise brought was pretty special, and, and I think people are seeing that. Yeah, I do. I do too. And we'll see him tonight. Bellarmine. Uh, I won't. I won't ask you for a scouting report there. Uh, that that seems unfair. Uh, but, oh well. What do you know? Have you been able to check him out at all? Yeah, they, they played a decent first half at Washington on Monday night, down thirty-five twenty-seven, but then got clubbed like fifty-six to thirty in the second half. They're not the biggest, most athletic team in the A Sun where they play you know, North Alabama, those types of teams. They won 15 games a year ago, uh, but four starters back. They're going to – Coach said on the radio show last night that they just know how to play good quality offensive basketball. But they'll they'll be out-athleted tonight. And at the end of the day, that's probably what you really need to know. They're from the A-Sun and from Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, the guy that coaches them uh, has coached with guys like Denny Crum and Rick Pitino, so – Probably knows a little hoops. I would imagine he does. Okay, so what do you guys have coming up tonight, Wyatt? And then how does that translate for you into tomorrow? You can just you can stick around and do both. It's it's an odd, easy 
right transition this time of year. I know sometimes that gets a little dicey, but you get them both at home. Well, that's it. And then we turn right around and play Monday night at home in basketball against South Dakota State. So it's really a, a pretty uh, very interesting time. Yeah, we'll hit the air tonight at 6, tips at 7.01. Uh, the TV is, is ESPN Big 12 now, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, ben and Stan will have that. Matt and I will do the radio. And for tomorrow, um, you know, it's it's Fort Riley Day here. Uh, pretty much think it's going to be sellout number 14 in a row, which is really great. Um, I, I really had fun this week with my player interviews. I had an opportunity to sit down with Cooper Beebe uh, and also our punter, Jack Bloomer. That kind of sounds boring on the outside, but hope everybody will take a listen to it. He's been here six years. He's a terrific holder, too. A uh, really good young guy and a big part of the leadership of our football team, to be honest with you. So looking forward to the uh, weekend and, and Monday night. All right. Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats. You'll hear all of those games you just mentioned. Basketball tonight. Pre-game coverage begins at 6. Tomorrow uh, we begin coverage at 12 and then Monday night as well. Wyatt, we look forward to the calls. Uh, enjoy being home here. Well, thanks. I'm going to after the, the trip to Austin and into Vegas. I didn't really even go to bed Monday night into Tuesday because of the trip back and Jeez. just went home, showered, and came right back to work because I had to catch up with some football. But, hey, still better than working, right? That's right. <laughs> you could dig ditches for That's a living. Right. That's what I always say. That's right. Uh, all right, Wyatt. No doubt. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you next week. You got it. There goes Wyatt Thompson. A uh, lot of good stuff in there. If you missed any of that, you can go back and listen to it at kfhradio.com or for free on the Odyssey app. Speaking of the Odyssey app, primetime NFL games from Westwood One available live for free right here on KFH. And on that app, tune in to KFH Sunday night for NFL action. The Jets on the road in Las Vegas. Or simply download the Odyssey app and search for KFH at kickoff. Uh, let's do a giveaway on the way out here, Tommy. And we'll come back and we can sort of look ahead to some of the hoops tonight. We took care of K-State there with Wyatt Thompson, KU playing tonight uh, as well. Uh, But let's do some HTO. We'll give away a free iced tea card, more than 25 flavors. Try the all-new Blueberry Muffin Mix of the Month. You can get those at Wichita's East-West location or in Derby. And we'll give you an HTO Brew House card, which is all the iced and hot coffee and espresso drinks. That's available for you at Wichita's East location and in Derby. First caller can get their hands on that right now on the IHOP Hotline, 869-1240. We'll be back with more Sports Daily right after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you. Jad Chambers producing along the way. Uh, congratulations to Kevin for winning some brew house coffee and some HTO iced tea. Uh, good luck in our next giveaway, which will come in the next hour, which will be uh, which will be some movie tickets, some preview tickets to the new Hunger Games movie, The Ballad of Songbirds and Sneaks. It's a prequel to the very popular uh, movies that came out with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, that'll be next Thursday at Boulevard Theaters in Town West Square. We'll give those away in the next hour. We'll do our picks in the next hour as well with Paul Savage, who will come in. Um, all kinds of good stuff coming for you on the on the program here in the next hour. We've got basketball tonight. We heard Wyatt Thompson there mention Bellarmine. We've also got KU tonight taking on Manhattan. So KU, Manhattan tonight, Tommy. You know, I don't know how much to make of these games. It's sort of like the opener. <laughs> it was funny. I, I was I was giving, you know, Wyatt Thompson a chance to to not say much about Bellarmine, but he he had watched them. So uh, kudos to Wyatt Thompson for doing that as we you know, there's big football games looming and all these other things. I don't know what I don't know anything about Manhattan. Uh I know that KU needs to smash again. I don't know what I need to see tonight. Um I mean, I guess that, right? Like, smash again? Like, I, th- these games are so hard to to look at and take too much away from. They're like 16-1 games in the tournament. You're just like, eh, you know, what, what's a what's an acceptable win? I haven't looked at the line on either of those games. I'll pull that up here, Tommy. But any anything you're specifically looking for tonight? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I think for Kansas State, the big question is going to be how well do they bounce back after their loss against USC? Um, you know, and, and they've got the opportunity to, to come back to Manhattan. Uh, you know, of course they played the first game on a neutral court. So, uh, but that's important, you know, and I watched some of the exhibition game that Kansas state played, um, against Emporia state. What was that last week? And mm-hmm. just how, how passionate the fans were. And, and Jerome Tang talked about that after the game that, you know, they showed up to Bramlage for an exhibition game. And so I can only imagine a regular season game, what that's going to be like, but you know, you want to see the, you know, this team gel a little bit better. And I think that incrementally from game to game, we're going to see that from the, as they kind of find their footing, figure out, you know, exactly what the best fit is and the best way for this team to play and, and get wins. So, I mean, that's about the only thing from the K state game that I'm looking at with KU. You're right. I mean, it's just, it's, it's again, establishing themselves 36 points. As a do- that's what they're favored by. It's establishing themselves as a dominant force again, right? Like that's the important thing. If you can back up what you did against North Carolina central earlier this week with another dominant matchup against Manhattan. And then you continue that, you know, throughout some of these cupcake, you know, early season games, that's just going to feed your confidence more and more and more once you get into the back half of non-conference, you know, the holiday tournament, Maui Invitational, all of that stuff. Um, so these early warm-up games are basically just that, warm-up games, but you do have the chance to really establish yourself as a dominant force and prove, again, why you're the number one team in the country. I've maybe thought of something here. Maybe maybe it would be good from KU to see some other guys get extended minutes and see if you can't, you know, stretch that bench out, who are going to be those players. Um, You know, I I thought in the opener that it was important to see the starters play better than they had played in the exhibition games. 
And so now that we've seen that, I wonder if there may be any other emphasis to try and get some of those other guys, because that will become important for this team. Like the starters are the starters. And we don't know that fifth star doesn't really matter. But you know what I mean? Like this, this group is established. There was never really any question about that other than, okay, Arterio Morris isn't there. Who's, who's it going to be? Well, we know it's going to be some combination of a couple of guys. But what about, you know, is this one of those teams where Bill Self really only runs seven guys? Is it a, is it a team where they can run eight or nine? I mean, I don't think we're going to know that for a while. So it might be good to see a little more out of those other guys if they can get out right. to another big lead and stretch that out a little bit. I think nine is too many. I don't think we're going to see Bill Self. Run Bill a rotation Se- has Bill Self guys. ever played with nine? <laughs> not, yeah, no. not not regularly. Uh, I I would imagine we're going to see seven, maybe eight guys. I mean, there's a reason why Zach Clements redshirted, right? Like if they felt like I they agree. needed him right this second, then he wouldn't have redshirted, and they would have had him on the active roster. I mean, you're you're going to see the the five starters that we've seen so far. I think that 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 number two spot, that guard spot, is still in flux. If it's going to be El Marco Jackson or if it's going to be Nick Timberlake, uh, I think eventually maybe Johnny Furphy may find his way into that into that spot. But you're looking at a bench of, you know, one of those guys and then Parker Brown and maybe Jamari McDowell getting some minutes. But really, other than that, I mean, like you're looking at seven, maybe eight guys who will be in the regular rotation. Of course, you you don't count, you know, the guys that come in and clean up in garbage minutes at the end of the game. But I really think that that rotation, especially early on, because this is one thing that Bill Self is notorious for. When you get late in in the season, when you get into the Big 12 hunt, one of the big reasons why KU has won all those Big 12 titles is because Bill Self doesn't usually put the most talented players on the court. He puts the players that he trusts the most on the court in those crunch time games. That's why his rotation is typically fairly small. I think we'll see that again this season. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I it, Well, we always have trying to remember a year where they did stretch it out, and there have been some, but that have those haven't been the most successful years that I can remember, right? When we think to the national championship teams, and the, like those were pretty short benches, and they're, you know, assuming he rides Kevin his horses. McCullough, He's got his horses and he well, rides them, and, you know, like that's and what he I, does. And, and I as far as we know, all those horses are healthy and ready to roll, right? Like, yeah. we know that Dewan Harris doesn't ever need to come off the floor, never has, probably never will. Um, Kevin McCuller appears to be as healthy as he has been in a long time. He got nicked up in, what was that, that final exhibition game, but he's fine. Um, it's the bigs that you wonder about stamina. You'll always do. But K.J. Adams is a stallion, man. Like, he's not going to – and we don't know Dickinson yet, but – they have they have the ability to rotate some guys in there. So I think they'll be fine, too, to do that as long as everybody stays healthy. But, again, if if everybody stays healthy, if they don't, somebody's going to have to step up, even if it is a short rotation. So, again, seeing some of these secondary players show something may be the things to look for early in the season when they should be just pounding everybody, at least in these type of games, where it's like, okay, if something happens or if they need depth or if somebody gets in foul trouble or whatever, who is going to be that next group? You know, we know Timberlake is a part of the first group, but Furphy was that guy sort of in the last one. And, you know, who else might it be? Well, maybe we'll see that tonight out of KU. Um, I'm with you on K-State. Just, just bounce back and get a nice win tonight and everything will be all right. 869-1240, Paul Savage joins us uh, as we go into our next hour. We're going to make some picks. Tommy. Coming off of a big week last week, he's ready to talk about it now. 
uh, and brag about it, I hope, and just really set himself up for a big old jinx this week. But we'll get into all of that as we make some picks. We'll talk a little high school football as well as Sports Daily rolls into hour number two here on a Friday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.